Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Mother in the Other. First of all, let me thank you all for being such loyal, consistent listeners, even when I have not been the best at recording, especially lately. And as you all know, we're gearing up for the holiday season. It's Christmas, it's Hanukkah, it's Kwanzaa, it's New Year's, it's all those fun things. So, um... So happy holidays to all the others out there. I'm your host, Giovanna. Let's get into this. So the title of this episode is She Looks Like Me. And if you have not been paying attention to social media, if you have not been watching the news, if your good, good girlfriend has not emailed you about what's been happening in the world of pageants, there are five black title-holding beauty queens. Okay, Miss Teen USA, Miss USA, Miss World, Miss Universe, and Miss America. Okay, they all look to some extent like me. Now, Miss Universe is from South Africa, and girlfriend is not even rocking what is what you would traditionally believe is pageant hair. She has a fade. It is natural. It is all of life, and I love it. I love it. I love it. Miss World is from Jamaica, and Miss World's story is probably getting a lot more traction than the other ones, and not because she's from Jamaica and she's black, because that is also making headlines, but because of Miss Nigeria. Miss Douglas, come through with the happiness, with the encouragement of your good, good girlfriend, because if you go back and watch the video, she says, you go, girl, like I was reading them lips, you won, she said, either you won or you go, girl, or something to that effect, and I am living for it, I am living for it, and it made me realize just how important it is to have people who look like you in positions to which you aspire to, Okay, we have Miss Copeland, who's a ballerina. You know, we did have a black president, politics aside, there was someone in the White House who looked like he could be related to my son and to me. You know, shout out to the Obamas. Like I said, I will never get into politics, but it is a fact. Him and his wife and their children look like they could be a cousin of mine at the family reunion barbecue. I'm just saying, no relation. But... I wanted to take this to a personal level and to why it's so important to have leadership that looks like you. And I'm going to take you all back to 2007 and Fort Bliss and my first duty station, which I was probably my happiest duty station. That's where I met my ex-husband. That's where I made some lifelong friends. That's where I really became an adult. Like, I, I truly, truly enjoyed Fort Bliss. But the key thing about Fort Bliss was my leadership, at least on the enlisted side, looked like me. My senior paralegal master sergeant was a black woman. She was dark-skinned. She was rocking it all. Um, And just for uh, everyone's education, all names in this podcast have been change to protect the guilty, except for my own, because I I will be transparent with you about my life, but I will not go out exposing anyone else. Um, So, Master 
charge uh, uh Master Sergeant Tasha, she she looked like me. She she looked like me. She was on it. She was educated and smart and black and beautiful and she was owning being in charge and she never backed out and I loved that about her. And then you had a Sergeant First Class who was her best friend and this Sergeant First Class Mary, she was all she was all on it. She knew her stuff. She was educated. She understood the power of research. She understood the power of peer review. She had it together. And then I had another staff sergeant who was down at one of the brigades, and she was running stuff, and that is a big deal. It matters that I had black women who were in the Army, who were serving, who had attained these very high positions. Um, the demographic in the Army is not it's, – it's hard – to come by um, black women in powers and positions. I will not speak on any other branch. I can only speak on what I know and what I experienced in the Army. Um, they end up being concentrated in certain MOSs, and, and, and the 27 Delta Paralegal is not an MOS where you see a lot of high-ranking black females, or at least I didn't see a lot of high-ranking black females. I am... Um, I'm looking. I'm even looking now at my current unit, and there's only one black female enlisted. That is that is that is what it is. So that it, it mattered to me that these NCOs look like me because I'm I'm lower enlisted. I'm PV two, and I'm trying to get up there and come through the ranks and and everything like that. And I remember how much these women celebrated my promotions every time I got promoted. It was it was there. I remember my master sergeant. I remember I failed a PT test, um, and I had had a cyst burst during the middle of my PT test, and I was in so much pain, and that's why I actually failed. And because I was on um, Pops PT or Remedial PT, she, who was broken, got out there, and she ran with me, and she trained with me, and she got me all the help that I need so I could pass this PT test. And it's, and it's, and it's, that's what it takes to be a leader, leading from the front, being there, understanding what your people need and sacrifice of yourself. So those were all the females who looked like me on the enlisted side. I wouldn't get to work for black female attorneys until 2011. So from, so we'll see, 8, 2008, 2009, 10, 11. So four years. It would take four years before I would work for black female attorneys. And that's an even bigger deal because these these were women who had gone to law school and who had who were still doing all the things that it takes to be a soldier. They were taking the PT test and qualifying with their weapon and dealing with the rigmarole of being um, soldiers as well as attorneys. And it was a big deal for me because the very first one I worked for was the Regional Defense Council. Like she was the head of where we were um, for our area for Bragg and for Jackson and a, and a couple of other places. So she was in charge of all of these attorneys and paralegals. She was in charge. She she ran stuff. And then um, I would get one of my favorite, favorite, favorite people, 
um, favorite attorneys that I ever got to work for. Uh, she was a captain. She was lovely. She she even she she got sick on active duty and she came back and I I absolutely adore this person. And then there came my favorite. Woo! They came my favorite um, attorney that I worked for. And I say she was my favorite because my RDC, I worked for her, but I didn't work for her on a daily basis. And, again, my captain, she got sick, so our time was, uh, even though I worked for her, I didn't work for her like that. But this person, um, she's currently sitting on the bench. She's a judge. But she was the person who came into the office, and she was absolutely positive and happy every single solitary day that she walked into that office. Every single day she walked into that office and she smiled at me and she said, good morning, special store. How was your evening? How was your weekend? She was the person who taught me just how important it is to speak to the other individuals that you work with and just how much that smile can change the perspective of the day. Because you don't know what they had to do to do to fight traffic because there have been a couple of mornings where my son had just peed on me or threw up on me or just refused to cooperate and get dressed because he finally figured out how to roll over or he grabbed something. It was just not a good morning. So we... So she was that person, and then she all and I always felt valued and listened to. So if I ever had a problem, whether it was personal and always professional, like if I ever had a professional problem, we collective, we the um, enlisted in that office. If we ever had a problem, then she listened. And as I'm reflecting on these five pageant holders and these women who look like me and how important that is to me, it makes me reflect on how important it is that not only I have examples of in positions of what I aspire to be and women who look like me, but also my son. My son has a male teacher this year. And I I adore, don't get me wrong, he has two fourth grade teachers. His female fourth grade teacher we had in kindergarten, and I adore Madam Camden. I adore her to her very roots. Like, she taught my son to read. She taught him how to write in cursive. All of this before we got out of kindergarten. Like, I adore her. And now we have Mr. Petme, and he is excited, and he is driven, and he wants to see these boys succeed. And I kind of tell he's taking a shine um, to my little boy. And that's and that's a good thing. You know, he wants to see all of them succeed, but you can kind of see how much he's really interested in watching the, the, the males in his class really excel like it is it is prevalent with him and they're just it's like that so it's 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 about the example and sometimes and it's, and it's sad to say sometimes it has to be you like sometimes you have to be the person to get to that position for other people to look up to you know um it, it's like with my my fa- my former father-in-law my ex-husband um, this summer, my son overhearing a conversation, and my husband is supposed to be going to get his Ph.D. And my son comes home, and he goes, Mommy, I'm going to be the third Dr. McClain. And in my mind, I'm going, well, who the hell is the second Dr. McClain? Because I only know one Dr. McClain, and that's grandfather. 
So then I have to get on the phone with my ex-husband. I go, did you get your damn PhD and you didn't tell me? And he's like, no, but it's something I'm considering doing, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm an adjunct professor and I might want to teach full-time, like all these things. And that's great and wonderful. But again, not and, and, and to, to, to drive this point home, these aren't just men who look like my son. These are men who are related to my son. These are the examples that he is aspiring to. Like, trust me, I am not trying to pay for uh, him to get a doctorate. I am not trying to pay for him to get a master's degree. I honestly truly am praying he gets scholarships to get a bachelor's. Like, these are, these are, these are like my little bit of prayers, but these are also the things that you your child tells you that they want, and so you have to encourage them, and you have to be there and remind them that you support them because it's not it's not just, it's not enough that the example looks like you. It's also, are they supporting you? Are they giving you something to aspire to, to even surpass them? Because to some extent, you they should want you to do better, to go further, to, to have more. I can definitely say with my master sergeant um, at Bliss, with my attorneys at Bragg, that was very much the case. You know, anyone who told, who, who, knows me, knows that I am a TDS hack. I'm a trial defense service hack. I believe in the defense of soldiers. I believe in those things. But I think it also has a great deal with the the fact that I worked um, with these women who look like me. I was the only person of color at and female at lower enlisted at Bragg at Campbell, no, sorry, there was another in my office, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 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 Reed, um, there, so, at Bliss, I was the only young woman of color in my office full-time, um, Korea, the only one, and at Bragg, I wouldn't get with another lower enlisted that I would see on a daily basis in my office until I got to Fort Campbell, um, and again, a lifelong friend that I've made, someone who I really, really love, and and we do need to have probably have a conversation in the next week or so, if you're listening out there. Um, but it's it's like it's that part of it. It's that part of of growing and maturing. So you sometimes you do have to create the doorway, but because no one looks like you who's done it, but just think about every little girl and boy who is seeing you, who has a similar history to you, who looks like you, and who has watched you succeed. You don't realize how much that means, how much that helps some people fight some secret battles, how much it it matters. Um. I know I wasn't my master sergeant's favorite soldier. I, I I can honestly say that. I know she liked me. I know I wasn't her favorite. And that is that is the honest to God truth. But I never felt like she didn't have my best interest at heart. So I have said my piece for tonight. I hope you all enjoyed it as always i hope you laughed a little please think a lot about what i just said 
And as always, 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 love, and especially at this time of year, spread it around as much as you can. Make some phone calls. You don't have to spend any money, but pick up the phone, call some battles, call some friends, call some cousins you haven't talked to in a while. And if it's, if you don't have their number, send them a message on Facebook. we all friends on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. Like, do something to reach out because this time of year is hard, whether we want to admit it or not. I'm your host, Giovanna. Have a good evening.